Let's make our confession, and this confession is really the will of God for each and every one of us. So you ready? One, two, three. I am here on purpose because I have a purpose. My heart is open. My mind is ready to receive because God is not finished with me yet. Let's stop right there. Turn to your neighbor and tell him, God is not finished with you yet. Now turn back and tell him, he's invested too much time in you to let go now. (laughs) Now let's pick it up. My best days. My best days are right in front of me. I have the victory in my life because Jesus lives in me. How many of you believe that's the truth? Let's give the Lord a hand. Good to see all of you. You can be seated. I asked my darling wife to follow me along with the message here, and she can with me. The devil's trying to get a hold of my voice, but God's already got a hold of it, and I am healed by the stripes of Jesus. I'm reading a book. that's written by a guy who believes in evolution. Glory to God. Can you believe that? And uh, I, I'm trying to get past that part and not throw out the baby with the bathwater because he seems to know what he's talking about regarding drinking a lot of water. How many of you are prolific water drinkers? Can I see your hand? How many of you are like me? You are Reformed Diet Coke drinkers. Only one or two of you. Get rid of that Coke stuff. I was sitting in an airport in Ye, South Sudan, four or five years ago. I felt like I had died and been resurrected and was still suffering from the effects of death. I was sitting there in that airport with Brad. A lady sat down next to me, and Pastor Stanley was there, and he said, uh, hey, this lady is a doctor. You need to listen to her. And I said, why? And said, because she's going to tell you why you shouldn't be drinking all that pop you've been drinking while you've been over here. And uh, if you know me, I love cold diet pop, uh, especially Diet Coke. And I had been chug-a-lugging Diet Coke over there because the water is so warm. And uh, this lady proceeded to give me a, a indoctrination on how uh, a Diet Coke and any type of a caffeine drink uh, 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 dehydrates your body quickly. And I listened to her, and I came home, and for about a week I followed it. And then all the symptoms just came back again, but I never associated the two. God has fearfully and wonderfully made our body if we will follow the instruction manual. And the instruction manual tells us that we need to drink a lot of water. So turn to your neighbor and tell them, you need to drink a lot of water. Based on what I've read so far, and I gave a copy of the book to Brenda, so I hope she gets past the evolution part and lets me know, by, based on her uh, nursing background, if this thing is factual or not. But it feels right to me, even though I don't know about the guy who wrote the book, that there are certain things that we just inherently know is right. How many of you realize to drink chemicals is probably not right, and you aren't a scientist, but you can kind of get a grasp of that? You can think it's probably better to drink water than it is to drink chemicals. I think that's all said, that's a no-brainer. And God has given us an instruction manual, and for the last week, Kelly had a great message, but for the last couple of weeks, I've been sharing on the power of the mind. And that I'm going to give you an overview of the message tonight, and then we're going to talk about it. But that thing sitting between your ears is a powerful, powerful computer organized and directed by God and made by God to sit in your mind with all of the cells, computer chips, whatever you want to call it, that is just unfathomable to be able to figure out how brilliant it is. Turn to your name and tell you have a brilliant computer. And if you have downloaded into that thing, and if you've got the right information, it'll spit it out in a moment's notice. But if you've got the wrong information, it'll spit it out in a moment's notice too. How we use what we have been given by God is going to determine our destiny. And the word tonight, the power of your mind, is that your thoughts determine your destiny. Your thoughts. Now, a lot of times we'll think, well, no, I think it's the things that have happened to me. No, it's what you thought about the things that happened to you and what you allowed to fill your mind. But if you keep your mind renewed to the Word of God and to the will of God, then you will have all of the power and the blessing of God. I'm going to give you just a quick overview, and then we'll get into the Scriptures here. In the very beginning, everybody say the very beginning. In the very beginning, we were created as the three-part being. 
and that three-part being was spirit, soul, and body. The spirit would rule man. The body, the uh, the mind would would absolutely be the the conduit that everything that we did in our earthly tent would be done, and everything would process from the spirit man into the mind, and then into the flesh, and everything would be in in God's divine order. Because of the fall of man letting the devil in, the spirit man of God died, but it has been resurrected again through the blood of Jesus, through the power of Jesus living within us. So if you're here tonight and you are born again, you have God's, God, you've received the son of Jesus, uh, the, uh, the son of God, Jesus in your life, then you are born again, you are spirit, soul, and body. So I'm just assuming we're all born again, but we're going to give you a chance to pray at the end of this service. But let's all say it. God's will, God's will. is that I am spirit, Soul and body. Your spirit man is perfect. Your spirit man is the image of Almighty God. It is perfect. God did not give you His spirit to reside in you for you to fix it. So turn to your name and tell Him, Your spirit man is perfect. It is the image of Almighty God in you. It is the temple of the Holy Spirit in you. And it wants to be fed the things of God, the will of God, and to follow the will of God. Your mind, on the other hand, could be perfected into the image of God and into the will of God and into the mind of Christ if you feed it what it needs to be fed. Now, let's just take a little sample survey here. How many of you have a mind that in a moment's notice, it can resemble anything but the things of God? May I see your hands? In other words, one moment, one moment, And then sometimes we try to blame it on the devil. Listen to this. The devil cannot affect your mind. What affects your mind are your thoughts. The devil can affect your thought life and try to get you to dwell upon something that you shouldn't, but he can't have your mind unless you let him have it. And we're going to read in Romans 12, 1 and 2, familiar scripture to those of you that are part of this church. I've shared this scripture ever since I've been in the ministry. I've shared this scripture ever since I heard it. I, 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 it was like the first time I ever heard it. I was like, wow, I've never heard that before. And it says that we are to present our body as a living sacrifice, pure, holy, acceptable unto the Lord, which is our reasonable service and that, our, and that we are not to be transformed, excuse me, by uh, the world, <coughs> excuse me, not to be uh, conformed to this world, but we are to be transformed by the renewing of our mind so that we will know the good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. Now, how many of you here tonight, and I, and I know all of you are going to raise your hand, but I hope you're raising it because you mean it. How many of you would like to live the rest of your life on this earth in the perfect will of God? Can I see your hands? Now, Father, I, I just pray that you will see every single hand, and it's not done because I ask them to, to do it. They're, it's done because they want to live in your perfect will. And we thank you for that in Jesus' name. And everybody said? Amen. So let's just say it. Lord, I desire to live in your perfect will. How do we do that? We keep our mind renewed to the things of God, and then we will have the perfect will. How many of you know that from time to time, or more than from time to time, how many of you know <clears throat> that you know the perfect will of God many times, but you choose without thinking you think to do something different? May I see your hands? Okay. Now, why would anyone do something different than the perfect will of God? You know in your right mind you wouldn't do it, but in your wrong mind you do it, but you only have one mind, be it right or wrong. So let's say I have one mind. So what happens then is we are presented with thoughts. And there are thoughts that say, I shouldn't drink this Diet Coke, but my body craves this Diet Coke. Pam and I went to Little Mexico today. Uh, When I eat Mexican food, I always love a Diet Coke. This is my first day to be challenged at the Mexican restaurant, and I and I and I stayed with with, with the water, and I am I, and I am planning to do that. But I felt everything in my body craving a diet coke. 
no different than many, many moons ago, it was a Coors beer. Now, now I can't say I graduated to Diet Coke, one's as bad as the other, but, but I can feel the urge to just want to suck down that Diet Coke so it'll go away, but really and truly, I know it's wrong. Turn to your neighbor and say, you know when it's wrong. You know when it's wrong. And what we're inundated with in our life are continual thoughts that try to get a hold of us so that we will think something long enough and then act on it even though it's not something that we should do because we know it's not the perfect will of God. Now, let's go over to, uh, let, let's, uh, let's uh, say, I want God's perfect will. Okay, let's look at Proverbs chapter 16, verse 3, because God wants us to have his will done in our lives. And in Proverbs 16, 3, it says, Commit your works to the Lord, and your thoughts will be established. Your thoughts will be established. All of us have a thought life from time to time that goes wacko. I have it, you have it, you know it. What happens is the devil is firing fiery darts. The world is firing fiery darts, trying to get us to think something contrary to the will of God so that we will be able to pursue that thing because your thought life will determine the direction you take in your mind. And the word of God in Proverbs 23, 7 says, as a man thinketh, so is he. So what we think is what we eventually become. If you think that you are righteous by the blood of Jesus, you're going to become that, and you're going to pursue that. If you think you're terrible because of the things you've done in your life, you're going to pursue and think that, and it's going to affect your self-image. God doesn't want you to think thoughts of condemnation. God wants you to think about who you are now in Christ Jesus. Who determines what you think? A little, a little louder. Who determines what you think? Now, you, you all been around this church for a long time, so uh, you've heard me share this before. Approximately how many thoughts does the average person think? 30,000 30, thoughts. Is there a song that used to be 30,000 promises? Yeah, 30,000 promises in the Bible. I just thought about that. Same amount. Okay, we'll use my wife as an example. <laughs> did you say, oh, did you say, oh, dear? Or, oh, okay, okay. Uh, you didn't say, oh, Lord. Okay, good. I and what you call me that in front of all these people. <clears throat> but does your, does your mind, how does your mind do? You go good most of the time? Oh, most of the time? Okay. How many of you have a mind that's good most of the time? How many of you got a mind that uh, you don't even know where it came from some of the time? And, and uh, we have a nephew that is out of jail now. You've heard me share this a little bit the other day, but <clears throat> he's out of jail. He, he is, you, you had a word many, uh, several years ago, that they would find him in his right mind based on the scripture in the Bible there, that they would, yeah, that it be in his right mind. And, and I'm amazed what this last year in jail did for this kid. It was the best thing that could have happened to him. The natural didn't look good, but in the, but in the supernatural, it was the exact thing that should have happened to him because they got a hold of a chaplain. The chaplain got a hold of him. He got a hold of the Word of God. And now all he wants to do is pray and read the Word of God. And he's got a good job. And he's coming out of the drug culture. And he wants to go back in and help all those people. Our prayer is don't go back in too soon. <laughs> Glory to God. Don't go back too soon until you're ready to go back in there. But I do believe he'll be used out there in Colorado. I believe he'll be used mightily by God and this girl that he's with. And in the natural realm, in the supernatural realm, you know, it, it, I believe they're doing what, I believe God has orchestrated what they're doing. In the natural realm, there's two people living together, not married. Uh, I helped them with the whole thing, and I feel good, <laughs> and I feel good about it all. I really do, because I feel like it was the will of God. Now, if they'd asked me, I'd say, you might want to get married first, but they didn't want to do that, so, uh, you know, whatever. <clears throat> but, but, but I believe that they're moving in the direction that God has. It's because he's changing his thoughts about who he is he used to hate himself and the only time he felt good about himself was when he's doing the drugs and we got into that demonic stronghold pit of hell which he described it as the same thing because when we talk about powers and principalities of darkness he says i know it i've seen them i've been there with them and and he he understand where he's coming from but what changed in his life 
what really changed his life. It was Jesus, that's true. It was the power of the blood. It was the uh, power of the Holy Spirit. All of that's true. But what? But he'd had that in him before, and then it went out. What changed his life is when he began to change his thought life about the things of God and began to believe God that what God said about him was true. And then he began to see himself in a new image. Once we understand how important our thoughts are, it will change us forever. You see, if you're, if you're thinking, you're not consciously thinking 30,000 thoughts a day. What I have read about that figure is that we are inundated by thoughts. <clears throat> how many of you, uh, I, I probably don't go back this far, but how many of you remember back in the 50s, I think it was the early 50s, middle 50s, they came out on television with subliminal advertising. How many of you remember that? Subliminal advertising. How many of you are not sure what I'm talking about? Subliminal advertising is something that happens so fast on the TV set that with the normal concentrated eye, you don't see it. It just like that, like that. But then when you're walking down an aisle of a store and you see something on the shelf, you're drawn to it to pull it off that shelf. You want that thing. It's, it's like any type of advertisement that you see. Uh, Pam and I one time saw an advertisement for ice cream on television. Remember that years ago? It was about 10 o'clock at night. We're laying in bed, and it's a new ice cream that came out, and it had ripple stuff in it and all. And we talked about that for so long, you'll never, I, I can't believe we did it. I jumped in the car, ran to the grocery store, bought it, came home, and we ate it for a midnight snack. And it was that advertising that pulled us in. Well, they finally outlawed subliminal advertising because they thought it was manipulating the mind of people. And to the best of my knowledge, it is still outlawed on television now by the FCC. But what it did is it put a thought in your mind that you didn't even know that you were entertaining until you were in an environment where it would pull it out of you. And many times that's what happens to all of us. We are thinking something that we're not even sure of that we're thinking. But when we continue to think it, it starts to dominate us. And that of those 30,000 thoughts, we have to determine, am I going to allow the devil and the world and other people to cause me to think the way I'm thinking? Or am I going to think for myself? And all of us should be thinking for ourselves, feeding ourselves the word of God <coughs> from our spirit into our, <coughs> excuse me, into our mind so that we know that what the word of God says penetrates this right here and renews our mind to the perfect will of God. Let's practice it right now. We get up in the morning. You all say this after me. I don't know. You all have your morning routine. How many of you have a routine that, for the most part, unless something happens, you do the same thing every morning? Uh, we, we have it. And, 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 and whether it be good or whether it be bad, it is. But let's, let's just assume that this is the way we start our day. And you'll repeat it. This is the day the Lord has made. I shall rejoice in it. I'm the head, not the tail. I'm above, not beneath. I have the mind of Christ. I'm going from victory to victory. Power of God lives within me. I know the perfect will of God. Therefore, I will accomplish great and mighty exploits every moment of every day. I will not dwell on the negative. I'll dwell on the positive. I'm going to live the word of God because Jesus said so. Now, we said that out loud, but how many of you realize you can talk to yourself like that all day long, and you can tell yourself what to think? This is what I found out with my mind, and I'm sure you've found out the same thing. I can tell my mind what to think, and it will think it. If I don't tell my mind what to think, it'll think all by itself. How many of you got a mind that'll think all by itself? Sometimes it'll think good things. Sometimes it'll think things you can't even imagine you're thinking, but you know you're thinking them and you don't want to think them, so you got to get rid of that thing. Now, <clears throat> when we understand who's in charge of our thought process, then we can understand how to feed our mind so that we will have it renewed so that we will know the perfect will of God. And your mind will flip on you 
in a moment's notice if you are not telling your mind what to do. I want to read to you, <coughs> excuse me, in Psalms chapter 1, <coughs> powerful scripture. I've got a picture on my wall that <coughs> one of our dear friends gave me years and years ago in, in my office at home. And I just love this scripture <coughs> talking about uh, the man who sits in the counsel of the godly. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law, he meditates, or he thinks, day and night. He'll be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bring forth his fruit in due season, whose leaf shall not (laughs) wither. And whatever he does, everybody say that, will prosper. What will happen if we meditate the Word of God day and night? Whatever we do will prosper. Let's all say, whatever I do will prosper. You get up in the morning and you say, Lord, this is the day you have made. Whatever I do today, I'm going to prosper because I'm meditating your Word. I'm going to meditate your Word all day long. I want to meditate your Word. I'm not going to be negative like people. How many of you realize there are some people that walk into the room, they brighten it. Some people walk out of the room, they brighten it. You know exactly what I'm talking about. Negative people. You know, you know what the root cause of negative people is? Many people will think it's the way they were raised, their families, their in-laws, their out You know the, negative, uh, the, uh, the problem with negative people? They think negative thoughts. If you think a negative thought, you become negative. That's very scriptural, isn't it? Everybody say it. That's scriptural. If you think a positive thought, you become negative. So therefore, these are not hard questions. If you think a positive thought, you become? If you, if you think a negative thought, you become? Negative. So therefore, one disassociates and pulls away from the power of God, and your mind disconnects from the power of the mind that should, you should have, and the other connects you to God so that we're walking in the fullness of God. And so when we live this type of life, it changes our life. Now, <laughs> Pam shared this scripture, I think it was... Sunday, but it's in Isaiah 55, and it says basically this, God's thoughts are higher than our thoughts, and His ways than our ways. It doesn't mean that He doesn't want us to know them. It means we have to go to Him to see them and get them. So in other words, if God's thoughts are higher than our thoughts, and if we want to know God's thoughts, then who do we have to go to? If I want to know what my wife thinks, and sometimes I don't have to ask her because I got... How many of you realize if you're married, you know what nonverbal communication is? Uh, but all I got to do is go say, honey, what do you think? And she go tell me what she thinks. And when we get to that point in our life, when we understand that, then everything that we do and our source comes from God. And that's why the scripture that we just read, <coughs> excuse me, in, uh, in uh, Psalms chapter 1, talking about we'll prosper in all things, is very similar to what God spoke to Joshua, one of my favorite scriptures in the entire Bible. Joshua chapter 1, verses 8 and 9. God said to Joshua, who was just appointed as the leader, if you will meditate my word day and night, you will have good success and you will prosper in everything. You will have good success and you will prosper. All you have to do, Joshua, is meditate my word day and night. We won't get into this teaching tonight on Joshua because I've, I've, I've shared this many times over the years. But Joshua really only made one mistake, and that was in the battle of Ai. He forgot. Everybody say forgot. He forgot to ask God what the battle plan was. He did it on his own. How many of you, can I see your hand, how many of you have ever made decisions without asking God, only to find out that that was really the wrong thing to do. And what happened was, you had a thought, and that thought propelled you to do something before you knew it was God, and you began to follow it. There is, in the body of Christ, I believe, many people who you've matured, you know, you're not where you were when you were first got saved. I, I don't know all of you here. Many of you have been saved for a long time. Some of you haven't been saved for a long time. So after a while, after you've served God for a long time, you get to the point when you can really recognize some of the stuff the devil's trying to do. 
but you haven't totally submitted to where you know the difference between good and God. Does that make sense so far? In other words, this is a good thing, so I can do it, and I can respond quickly to do it, and it probably is a good thing that's not lining up with the devil, but it's not what God had for you. It's not what God wanted for you. And what you're doing is you're moving forth without meditating the Word of God. You're meditating a thought that came to you apart from seeking the will of God. And we're living in a world today where it is extremely, extremely important that we know what God is speaking to us. James chapter 1 verse 8 is a really interesting scripture. And I remember years and years ago uh, when we were out there in Tulsa, Pam and I, and we'd just recently been married, and I heard this scripture one time, and I thought, boy, that is me. And it says, a double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways. One moment I felt like I was supposed to do this, and then I felt like I was supposed to do this, and then I heard another preacher, and he said this, so I thought I was supposed to do that. How many of you can relate to what I'm saying? It's like your mind is going back and forth between two things, and it says a double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways. I always picture a windshield wiper when I see that scripture. And on your cars, you know, you have depending on what kind of car you have, but some of your cars, your, your newer models, if water gets on the window, the windshield wiper comes on, it goes real slow one direction, then back the other. And some you have the slow speed back and forth, and then some you have a speed like that. And, and sometimes when I'm around people, I think their mind reminds me of a windshield wiper. It's like they're going like this, like, da, 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 da. well, it's going to be okay. No, it's not. No, it's not. No, it's not. And their mind is going back and forth. And you just want to grab it and take that windshield wiper and break it off and just say, wait a minute, let's stop. And what is the will of God? in this situation. Your mind, turn to your name so you came the right night. Your mind cannot think wacko thoughts unless you allow it. You are in charge of your mind. Turn to your name so you're in charge of your mind. Now turn back and tell them that's part of the problem. You're in charge of what you think. You are in charge. Now next week, we're going to talk about how to keep your mind so that the devil can't use it. And, and we're going to be talking about who is in charge of how you think. It's, it's very serious. There are a lot of people today that think that they have a genetic problem or that they have a situation or a circumstance or whatever or because this happened to me when I was young and all these kind of things that go on to really and truly make excuses for how you are. You are who you are, how you are, and where you are based on your dominant thought life that has programmed you in your mind to pursue what you're doing right now. And until we understand that, then what happens is we vacillate back and forth based on the truth of the Word of God to what God wants us to do. And we're going to look at the book of Numbers <laughs> chapter 13, because, because right now, uh, w w I'm not going to get into this tonight, but uh, I've heard Oral Roberts over the years, he's in heaven now, but uh, a couple of times, not, not much, but he would talk about uh, when he was interviewed, people would ask him, don't you think a lot of people that were healed in your crusades had psychosomatic illnesses. And his response was surprising to me. He said, yes, I do. I do. They, they, they thought about something and they entertained it so much that all of the symptoms got into their body through stress and anxiety and things of that nature. We will never know how important getting rid of stress and anxiety in our body is. But we do know this. The Word of God says that we are to be anxious for nothing. So if you're thinking anxious thoughts, you have to cast them out because anxiety can cause you to get into a situation where you will convince yourself of something that is truly, and we're not going to go here and get in depth here, but it's truly a psychosomatic thing that gets into your mind that is contrary to the will of God, but it's not real. It's not really true. And so once you get set free in that area, I'll give you a perfect example. My nephew thought he was in bondage to the devil. 
and he thought he could never break out of it. That was a lie from the devil. I'm sure the devil told him that, but the devil speaks to you all the time. How many of you realize the devil speaks to you all the time? They're called in Scripture fiery darts. They come at you, and the fiery dart comes in there. And and the other day, I I was going through some symptoms in my body, and I I truly wondered if I was dying. And part of me was excited and ecstatic because I wondered what it was going to be like. And part of me thought, I didn't think it's my time to go. And part of me thought, what would Pam do? She would mourn for the rest of her life. And no, I, I know that's not true. Pam and I have already... Pam, and I've already had that discussion. I said, honey, if I go before you, <laughs> if I go before you, just go out and find you somebody new. Just don't hold them to my standards. Give them a chance. <laughs> and then she said to me, what are you going to do? And I said, I'm going to buy a new car. <laughs> <laughs> now I don't have to. Now I don't have to buy a new car. <laughs> now I don't have to. But, you know, the joy of the Lord is our strength. I can make my mind happy by thinking pleasant thoughts. I love to laugh. The joy of the Lord is our strength. A merry heart doeth good like a medicine. God told us that a long time ago. So therefore, we can actually program ourselves based on the word of God, that God fills us with his joy. In the presence of the Lord, there is overflowing joy. He said that all wrong. In the presence of the Lord is fullness of joy. Is that right? And, and, and so what we do then is we begin to understand how important all of this is. Now, I want to, I wanna, in the next few minutes here, just to show you how a, 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 a nation of people, a group of people were affected that knew God. And how many of you have seen great miracles God perform in your life? How, how many of you know what it's like to come out? One miracle to another miracle to another miracle, <clears throat> only to find a situation or circumstance in your life where now I need another miracle. Now I need another miracle. We are called to live in the super realm, supernatural realm of God, expecting supernatural things when we need them. <clears throat> when we're living in a natural world, we are of a supernatural world. We go through the day-to-day activities of our world, but the moment we need something that is over and above what we're capable of doing for ourselves, then that's the realm of the supernatural. That's where God comes into play. And so <clears throat> the children... I've got when Mo, when Moses was leading the, the children of God out of Egypt, and 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 he had the the word of God that he told them. God had told them exactly what they were going to do. God is speaking to each and every one of us if we're open. He's speaking through the written word of God, and he's speaking through our daily word uh, throughout the day in our prayer journal when God is speaking things to us. Now, you hear me say this all the time. Pam made reference to it Sunday. But my living is out of my prayer journal. My basic foundation is out of the Bible and the Word of God to meditate the Word of God and to meditate things in here. Some things that when I first hear them, I don't even know if I believe them. Does that make sense to anybody? I don't know if that's God or not. And if it is God, there is no way I can do that without Him preparing the way and making it happen. And so when we start to live that way, we start to feed ourselves. Everybody say feed ourselves. <clears throat> when you were a little bitty baby, you were nurtured by your mother. Uh, you were breastfed or bottle fed, but you were fed and you had nothing to do with it. Somebody had to feed you. Paul talks about it as when you were a baby, you had the milk and all that kind of stuff. But then when you got older, you started to learn you had to start feeding yourself. We live in a great technological world today where there is great, great assets available to us. But if we're not careful, the technology and the busyness of the world and everything that goes on takes us away from focusing and concentrating on the will of God. Pam said it Sunday, but the most important thing parents can do for your children, teach them how to be led by the Holy Spirit. If you are not teaching your children how to be led by the Holy Spirit, you are not preparing them for life. It is more important than reading, writing, and everything else. It is more important than a college education. It is more important than anything that children know how to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit and how to be led by the Holy Spirit. And that when you get to that point in your life, then the most important thing to you is, what did God say? Turn to your ear and say, what did God say? I ask that question all the time. 
there are sometimes people, very few people come to me for counseling. Uh, it doesn't bother me, but very few people come to me for counseling. But I'll say to people, I, I mean, it, it's true. I know it sounds funny, but I'll say to people, I'll say, well, what did God tell you? Well, he said, da, 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 da. And I said, well, are you going to do it? Well, I, I don't know. And so why are we talking? Why do we, you don't need counsel. You need a shrink or something because, you know, you're not thinking right. Turn to your neighbor and say, you've got to think right. If you know what God told you to do and you don't do it, duh, you're not going to be blessed. We used to have a confession in this church, and I still like it. I still confess this over me. Uh, but the Word of God is true. And if you live the Word, you're going to be blessed. And if you don't, you're not. It's that, it's that simple. So suck it up and move on with your life. And, the, and you got to get to the point when you realize, if I don't renew my mind, nobody else will. We live in a world full of enablers, I believe, and I just overgeneralized. I really do. I believe we live in a world full of enablers. Everybody wants their generation to be better than my generation. The greatest generation that ever lived, in my opinion, was my parents' generation. And they wrote a book about that, Pam's mom and dad generation. They went through a, a depression. They went through hard times. They went through times when they didn't even know if they are going to have enough food to eat. And now we have a generation that is, well, what about my entitlements? What about all of this? And we need to get into preaching right now. But we need to get to the point when we understand you are responsible for you. Turn to your neighbor and tell them you're responsible for you. If you're trying to blame somebody else for who you are, where you are, you're thinking the wrong thoughts. Now, in the book of Numbers, chapter 13, let me give you the scenario. God speaks to Moses. And he said, Moses, it's time. I'm paraphrasing a lot here. It's time, Moses. Time to go into the promised land. I've been telling you. You've been telling the people. Moses brought out about 650,000 fighting men. I cannot imagine what that must have been like. 650,000 fighting men ready to do battle. And he had, uh, there are different reports, but most of the reports (laughs) that I've read, <clears throat> say that he had about 2 million people, 2 million plus people in addition to that. A lot of, everybody said a lot of people. And he's leading them all into battle. And you've got Joshua and Caleb, his right-hand leaders, plus 10 other leaders, and they're right alongside them, and they're strong with him, and they're following him, and they know that, 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 that they're going to be doing battle and that they're going to go in to the promised land. And they come up to the edge of the promised land. Some of us come up to the edge of God's promises, and he's telling us the next few steps to take, but the steps to get there were very difficult. How many of you have ever taken some difficult steps? But you're moving in what you think is the right direction, then bam, something happens, and it seems to become more and more difficult, and there's a point when you want to just give up and let go. There's a point when you just want to say, it's not working. But if you do that, you're going to walk away and back away from what God has for you. You are one moment away from a miracle. Tell your neighbor, you're one moment away from a miracle. The supernatural working power of God, you are one moment away from it. One moment away from it. When Pam and I were out there in Tulsa and just going through a lot of challenges and situations and saving up money to eat white uh, Burger King 10 for a dollar sandwiches out there, I mean, there were so many times I would ask myself, God, do I really know what I'm doing? I know what I'm hearing, but is it really you? And, and, you know, we got, I think at the time we had one car. I'm not positive. I think it was only one car. And it was just like one thing after another after another. And then all of a sudden, but we keep walking forward. But there's sometimes I did want to just stop. Matter of fact, I did stop one time. I dropped out of Bible school. Uh, uh, because I didn't have enough, we did just, uh, it wasn't going right. How many of you got some things in your life isn't going right? It just wasn't going right. And I dropped out of Bible school and went to work at McDonald's. <laughs> Glory to God, my Savior, McDonald's. <laughs> the Golden Archers. And never forget going to work at McDonald's, working ungodly hours, oh my goodness, in a management training program at 39 years of age. And it was, it, it was horrible. And one night in the shower, that one afternoon in the shower, God spoke to me and said, if you don't go back to Bible school now, you'll miss my plan for your life. You'll miss my plan. And I came out of there, and Pam had the same word, and we resumed our life again. And guess what? Nothing changed. It was as bad when I went back the second time as it was the first time. But it was different that I had a fresh word, a fresh manna that I was feeding my mind. And i never forget the day that 
I walked out the maybe center of this church, and this guy had his beautiful, beautiful car, and he called me over to it, and he said, Bill, God had been speaking to me, and he told me to give you my car. First, I've heard of people getting things like that. First time it ever happened to me. And it was like God. I was like one moment away from that miracle. If we'd stopped walking again and walked back, that car would have never been there. It wasn't because God didn't want me to have the car. It's because I wasn't positioned in my mind. First of all, you have to position your mind. Turn to your name and tell them, you've got to position your mind. Here are the children of God on the edge of the promised land that God is giving them. And you all are on the edge of a breakthrough in the promise that God has for you. And God speaks to Moses and he says, send spies into the land. Check out the land and see if it's not a land flowing with milk and honey and all of the things I've told you. And so Moses <coughs> calls 12 spies, 12 leaders rather, before him, and he gives them a simple instruction. And the simple instruction is this. God has given us the land. It's time to possess it. We're going to send in you 12 all leaders and ferocious fighting men of God. And you're going to go in and bring me back a report if it isn't the land that God described. And all of them go in, the 12, and they spy out the land. And they see everything the same. They see all of the fruit, all of the blessings, all of the things God said they would have. But all of them also saw fortified cities. They saw the sons of Anak, giants, bigger than them, bigger than them. But they saw everything that God said would be there. <clears throat> and they came back. They all saw the same thing. I'm always amazed in the body of Christ how two people can see something, see the same thing, and one sees the glass half full and the other sees the glass half empty. I'm always amazed at how many people see the fact that I'm healed by the stripes of Jesus and other people say I'm sick and dying. And one concentrates on being sick and dying, and the other concentrates on I'm healed by the stripes of Jesus. Uh, How one person says, my God will supply all of my needs, and the other person drops their head and says, I can't do anything because I don't have any money. One unplugs from the things of God, one plugs into the things of God. And so what happens here is the 12 spies come back. And two of the spies said, we saw it all. It was exactly what God saw. We are well able. Everybody say, we are well able. Numbers chapter 13, verse 30, one of the most powerful scriptures in the Bible. We are well able. But 12 of the spies who saw the same thing concentrated on something different than the other two. The 12 spies, instead of concentrating on everything that God showed them that they would have, basically said, yeah, all that stuff is there, but, everybody say but. I'm amazed at how many people like to tell you something and they'll say, well, yeah, yeah, I know what you say, but. Yeah, I know what you say, but, ah, da, 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 but. Several years ago, I preached a message that said, get your butt out of the way. <laughs> I think it's a good word for all of us. Tell your neighbor, get your butt out of the way. <clears throat> Focus on the promise of God, not the obstacle that is between you and the promise. There will always, in my opinion, there will always be an obstacle between you and the promise of God. But if you'll focus on the promise and not on the obstacle, you won't go off the road. And the ten spies, they focused on the giants. And they said, we are, we are like grasshoppers in their sight. That possibly was true and probably was. If you ever do a study of Anak, they were like nine foot tall, eight, nine foot tall. They were huge people. And so probably that's true. The Hebrews, maybe five, five and a half feet, eight, five, ten. They're not real tall people, so they, they're, they're bigger than us. So you can concentrate on how big the challenge is, or you can concentrate on what God said. What's the challenge? What did God say? What's the challenge? What's the God say? How many of you know the answer to that? Let's all say, I should, I should concentrate. I should think what God said. God said, this is the land that I am giving you. This is the land I am giving you. What did God say? God said, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. God said, I will have, my mind just went blank. Philippians 4.19, glory to God. Uh, my God will supply all of my needs according to his riches and glory. What will he supply? How, what will he supply? All what will he supply? All so whatever David is called to do in Kenya, what will God supply? All what you're called to do in Lafayette or wherever, what will God supply? 
You see the obstacle in front of you. You look in your checkbook and say, it doesn't look like God's supplying all of my needs. The only thing that matters is what are you feeding your brain? The Word of God says He'll supply all my needs. That settles the issue. So then, the twit, twit, tin spies, and they said in verse number 31, not, we're not able. We are not able to do that. Then they gave a bad report. What is a bad report? Anything contrary to the Word of God is a bad report. We live the Word of God. We breathe the Word of God. We walk the Word of God. Matthew 4, 4, Jesus said, man should live by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. We are created in the image of God. We've got the power of the Holy Spirit in us. If God said it, the issue was settled, and we move forth. Now, look at verse number 14, 1 through 10. I'll summarize all of it for you for time's sake. 650,000 people come out following Moses who are fighting men, fighting men. Another 2 million people, family members and children, right behind them, and they're doing everything that Moses said, and they're seeing signs, wonders, and miracles, even though they were stiff-necked and complained a lot. Glory to God. How many of you know some stiff-necked, complaining people? And, 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 and they complain about all sorts of stuff, but they followed Moses because they saw the hand of God on Moses. But all of a sudden, nothing happened different than what they had experienced at the edge of the promise. But all of a sudden, they have two sets of things to listen to. They can listen to the Word of God through two spies, or they can listen to the interpretation through ten spies. And all of the people, it said, we don't know if it means every one of the two point whatever million, but it said all of the people spoke of stoning Moses, stoning Caleb, and stoning Joshua because they brought back a good report and they wanted to go in and take the promised land. Have you ever found out that really and truly the bottom line is it's just you and God? At any moment's notice, you can look around. It's kind of like the Lone Ranger and Tano, and they're surrounded by Indians. And the Lone Ranger says, Tano, what are we doing? And Tano looks at the Lone Ranger and says, what do you mean we, white man? In other words, Tano was ready to bail out on the Lone Ranger. And there are people that you will trust that they'll bail out on you when things get going. You've got to know who you are in Christ. You cannot be subsidized by another person's emotions or feelings. You've got to know who you are, what you are, and what you're called to do. And what happened was, it cost all 650,000 of those men of valor and strength. It cost them their life. They were all over 20. They never made it in the promised land. They didn't make it because they believed a bad report, and they focused on a bad report, and they thought the wrong thought. You continue to think wrong thoughts. You will go the wrong direction, and there are many people today that will never fulfill God's destiny for their life because they think wrong thoughts. If you'll start to think like God and act like God and talk like God, you will start to follow his destiny for your life, and you will accomplish great and mighty exploits. Let's stand to our feet. Now, (laughs) the gist of this message is that you have to make a determination. And that determination, these are the two most important things in my daily walk with God. Number one, You have to continually read the Bible. You have to continually, continually feed yourself the manna because hearing comes by, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. And you get this as your foundation and you will not deviate from that foundation. And then you have your daily prayer journal and you can read this and reread it and go back and go back. Pam said, I have prayer journals everywhere. I do have. I have them all the way back to 1980. And every once in a while, God will say, I want you to go back, and I want you to read that prayer journal, and I'll go back, and I'll read it, and I can't tell you, it's like I've almost forgotten it, and it's like, God, that's happening, that's coming to pass, and you showed me that in 1986, just builds my faith, builds my confidence in knowing that I hear from God. God has great things in store for you. Don't waste your life. Let God control your life. Would you bow your heads with me? I want to ask you the most important question you'll ever answer. Do you know if you died today, you'd go to heaven? 
Maybe you're here and you've been attending this church, but you, you've never really made Jesus the Lord of your life. Or maybe you're here and you're like a prodigal son, a prodigal daughter. You know you've drifted away from the things of God. Don't let another moment go by. Ruth Hauser thought she had March 22nd to live on earth. Didn't happen. But the good news is she's alive and well in heaven. If she hadn't known Jesus as her Lord and Savior, she would not have had a chance. She would have gone somewhere else. If you're here and you've never acknowledged Jesus, maybe you've walked away from him, I'm going to ask you to slip your hand in the air. We're going to pray for you. I see your hand over here, ma'am. We'll take just a moment. Anyone else? Don't let a day go by without knowing Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Ma'am, would you come down here? I know it's a long walk. Give her a hand as she comes. Pam, come on over here. Stretch your hands out here toward this lady. Let's all pray this prayer. Let this, let this be your prayer tonight, young lady. Let's pray. Jesus, Jesus. I, believe I believe that you're the Son of God. I believe that you died for my sins. I've sinned. I've made mistakes. But tonight, I acknowledge you, I acknowledge you as, my Lord and Savior. as my Lord and Savior. I ask you to come into my heart. Take control of my life. The true desire of my heart is to serve you. Father, I thank you for this young lady that you brought here. Thank you for the plan, the purpose for her life that has never changed. Thank you that this is a day of new beginning. In Jesus' name. Honey, will you minister to her? I want us all to make a confession before we leave. There isn't a single one of you that is any different than I am. There are times that I live this message, and there are times that I allow the devil or allow thoughts of the world to come in, and without being on guard, I will think the thought for a while and realize I'm thinking the wrong thought. But it'll take a toll. It'll start to pull you away from where you want to go. So I want you to put your hand up there on your mind. And we're going to pray for the power of the mind of Christ to be within you. So let's all make this confession. Lord, forgive me for times when I thought wrong thoughts. I believe with all of my heart a renewed mind knows your perfect will. I purpose to renew my mind. I purpose to think for myself your word and your will. I'm going from glory to glory. I'm going from victory to victory. I'm healed by the stripes of Jesus. I have the mind of Christ. My body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. Therefore, I plan to prosper in everything that I do for your glory. How many of you believe that's the will of God? Let's give the Lord a hand. Go and be blessed.